Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. We're so excited to be here for a third time. Yeah, Katie's got a big fat grin on her face right now. And I'm pretty I'm pretty happy myself actually. I don't know. I think it's just it feels more official when you've done something three times. Yes, you're right. The third time is the charm <laughs> or something like that. You know what guys, today's been a pretty big day for our family, our little family here, because Leon, our oldest, who's almost two years old, graduated to like a big boy bed. He's got his own bed in his own room. I mean, we only have a two-room apartment, but one of the rooms now is is his bedroom. And it's kind of, man, it was kind of emotional, actually. I know. Putting him to bed. It felt like, oh my goodness, he can get in his own bed now. He can get out. You know, he has that new responsibility and it feels like he's leaving the house tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of extreme, but you're right. There is a little bit of that emotion behind it. And who knows, we might be interrupted in the middle of this podcast because we did put him to bed right before we started recording, and he now has the power and the ability to get out of his own bed. Yeah, I know. I hear him beating around up there. Thankfully, he doesn't know how to turn the light on yet. Right. You know, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. But I think that's going to, you know, keep him a little closer to to home up there (laughs) sure yep it's new this is new terrain for katie and i (sighs) lucy fortunately is still in a pack and play so she's very contained yes very dependent very contained all right well in this episode of our podcast we're going to dig into the topic of oneness in marriage and i guess unity in marriage and this is something that katie and i we've really been talking about for probably the last three or four months Even though I think when you get married, when you're a Christian and you get married and you're a part of a Christian community, the topic of oneness and of unity certainly comes up a lot. Uh, But Katie and I, I think, have been experiencing it and maybe understanding it on a deeper level over the last few months. And uh, should I just dig in to what we think about oneness, Katie? Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is such a relevant subject today. Relevant? What did I say? I think you said relevant. A revelant. It's a revelant subject. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Mix the L around there. A relevant subject today because there are, I don't know. I feel like I've just listened to a couple marriage podcasts recently where they're bringing out how important individuality is and how you shouldn't be dependent on your spouse. Hmm. And that's really gotten me thinking. And I know you and I have had a lot of discussions about this and we wanted to go to God's word and see what does God's word say about this topic of oneness and unity and individuality and how do they all kind of fit together? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, culturally, there's a lot of buzz and there's a lot of conversation around this. And it's really easy, just like it is 
in any day and age for secular culture to kind of cross over into Christian culture and the lines get blurred on what is coming from God's word and what's coming from popular opinion within the culture. And so Katie mm-hmm. and I are certainly determined to, to find what God desires, you know, in marriage when it comes to oneness and living out this, this thing called marriage. And the reality hit me and that is this, we already are one. Whether you want to be one or not, God made it clear that when a man leaves his father and mother and he's joined to his wife, the two should no longer be called two, but one. And I mean, I'm, again, I'm referring to what is that, Matthew? Let me look at the reference here. It's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the Bible. Well, first. I think it's interesting because when I was looking into this, it comes up three different times, actually. Um, the first time is in Genesis two twenty four, and it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And later on in Matthew 19, verses 4 through 6, it says again, So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And again, in Ephesians 5, 3, it quotes Genesis two twenty four, saying mm-hmm. again, that we are one, not two, after we become married. Yes, and that might seem kind of fundamental or rudimentary, but the reason I guess I'm going to talk about that for a minute is because I was kind of under this false assumption that we needed to become one. Once we are married, it was like this journey to becoming one, as opposed to realizing that we are one now that we're married. So now the journey is learning how to act like we're one. And I think that's really true just with our journey of, of being Christians. You know, we're brought into God's kingdom. We're brought into his household. So we're no longer trying to earn our way to hit to, to righteousness. We're no longer trying to earn our way into his family. He's by, by the blood of Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ. We are made perfect. We're made righteous in God's sight and brought into his household so then we learn how to act like that. And just because we, we always see that works follow faith. Uh, you know, James talks, that, talks about faith without works is certainly dead. But that said is that faith comes first and then the works follow. And I think it's the same way in how I'm starting to understand oneness in marriage. And that is understanding that we are one once we're joined together in marriage. That's how God sees us. That's how we literally are. And so therefore I want to learn how to act accordingly. And I think that I kind of first experienced this from a practical standpoint, because as, as much as it is nice to understand things, you know, maybe spiritually or mentally, we always want to experience them too. We want to understand them in a practical manner. And unfortunately, I think I really first saw the practical implications to this in a negative way. And that was in probably Katie and I's worst fight to date. Yeah, Uh, that one was pretty bad. That was bad. (laughs) Katie and I actually referenced this fight in in one of our YouTube videos, one of our more recent YouTube videos. Um, and we're not going to get into the details of the fight, so don't so don't worry. Or maybe that's a disappointment. Don't get your you. hopes yeah, up. Don't get yeah. your hopes up. Exactly. <laughs> um, but this this argument and, and this fight kind of started. Well, yeah, it, it came from Katie and I traveling. We were going to this work trip that was a paid a paid trip to Los Cabos, Mexico, uh, like an all inclusive resort there, and it was really sweet. It was an awesome trip that we got to go on with uh, the the health and wellness company that we we're a part of. Um, that said. We traveled all night. I think our flight left Portland, Oregon at midnight, I think. Was it? I don't know. I just know I didn't sleep one second on the plane. Right. 
It was brutal. Yeah, we had a red-eye flight, and we had a layover in Mexico City. So we flew from Portland to Mexico City, which is like way out of the way, if you know, <laughs> like your West Coast and then Mexico geography. So we like go way past and out of the way of Los Cabos to Mexico City in order to catch a connecting flight. And Mexico City was terrifying. I've never been out of the country before. And I think the cultural barrier, the language barrier, and I don't know, I'm just used to the United States, I guess, because it was just so different to me and it was hard feeling so out of my element. Yes. And on top of that, I think the key factor in all of this is that you didn't sleep one lick all night. Yeah. You were going on zero (laughs) sleep and I maybe slept a couple of hours on the flight. Um, And so we were stressed out at the airport in Mexico city. And then we got our connecting flight eventually to, uh, to Los Cabos and we just started getting on each other's nerves and it started with little things like what gate we were supposed to go to and then who we were supposed to talk to for a rental car and then whether we should take a rental car or take public transportation. Um, and it, <laughs> I think the rental car and public transportation thing is the straw that actually broke the camel's back. Right. When we just both yeah. were, we, we were just mad at each other and that's just yeah. how we were going to live out the rest of our lives. It seemed like <laughs> was mad at each other. Um, and oh, so man. we finally, uh, I don't even, I don't even know if we agreed on transportation, but we found out a solution to we transportation. Didn't. I think I got in a van and you got in after me. I was like, fine, we'll take the van. Yeah. And, uh, we got to our resort and that was actually awkward because we were there with a bunch of people that we knew from the health and wellness company that we were a part of. And, So we saw a lot of familiar faces right when we got there and they were all being warm and welcoming and telling us how grateful they were to see us. And we were not in good moods at all. We just like wanted to find our room and not talk to anybody, especially not each other. Um, And Mm -hmm. really we got to our hotel room and we just were mean to one another. And this is, I started the meanness for sure. Like I just said mean things to you that were kind of low blows maybe even attack some insecurities, mm-hmm. just the lowest of lows when it comes to how you're supposed to treat anyone, but especially your spouse. And I can remember making myself feel physically ill when I was attacking you with my words. And the reality hit me that just, I was killing myself by, by verbally, you know, hurting you and emotionally hurting you. And, um, I mean that, that, that low, that low point for us lasted maybe a couple of hours and mm-hmm. we, we came out of it and there were, there were a lot of tears and, and there was a lot of, you know, apologizing yes, and, and we did sure. reconcile. Um, I still have a ton of regret from that. Uh, however, since that time, that's what four months ago, yeah. just the reality of being one has seemed so real to me. Because I just felt so clearly that I was hurting myself so, so abundantly by hurting you. And, and then I, fortunately, since, you know, I guess viewing it from that perspective, I've really seen the positive side of how blessing you Mm -hmm. and serving you and pouring into you is the best thing I can do for myself. That is such a blessing. And I've definitely been the recipient of 10 times, maybe 11 times more positive oneness with you. And, but I think you're just so right. Well, I think of, you know, you, you have even referenced Ephesians, uh, five and 
this is it's interesting that it says these actual words you know after saying husbands love your wives as christ loved the church um a couple verses down it says for no man ever hated his own flesh or his own body but he nourishes it and cherishes it even the lord does the church and just the practicality of i don't know if if anybody can relate to kind of over spiritualizing marriage or over spiritualizing some concepts but i certainly have with marriage, thinking that it's just kind of this ethereal thing that we're supposed to attain at some point of acting, acting one or, you know, blessing each other in a very spiritual manner. But I'm realizing that these verses are very practical. You know, when Katie is able to get great sleep, that helps me. When Katie's able to get rejuvenated in God's word or through, you know, going to the spa and getting a massage, that blesses me so much. And I think that a lot of this on the flip side, this whole conversation about individuality and what I've heard on these various podcasts saying, do not be dependent on your spouse. You are, you know, a strong woman. You are an independent woman. You shouldn't be dependent on anyone. And obviously we are male and female and there's room for uniqueness and all of that. But I think that this whole conversation over individuality and retaining your individuality in marriage is a reaction to women feeling like they've lost their se- themselves or don't know who they are, or men too, feeling like after kids come along, you know, they don't have their own hobbies or dreams or mm-hmm. passions, yeah. which are honestly things that are really attractive to your spouse when you do have, you know, your own dreams and passions. And it is for me, at least with Elisha, when he has his things that he's interested in. But I think that this mindset, when we do have a mindset of protect my individuality, it creates this me versus you mindset. And we start guarding our territory. And it's just like, get what you can, tit for tat. And instead of this sharing mindset of we're already one, and as married people, we share everything. And that's a beautiful thing. And so I just really want to avoid feeling guarded, I guess, and guarding my individuality. And I would never want to encourage another woman to do that because I think it puts your spouse in the position of assuming that they want to take everything from you. Hmm. And it's like, Elisha, you know, this is who I am. This is who I was before we got married. Like, don't mess with this. And it makes your spouse out to be the enemy, I feel like, instead of having this giving mindset. And what's Elisha's is already mine. I am his completely. And then I feel able to freely pursue, for instance, personal care out of love for my spouse. If I don't eat well, it affects Elisha. It affects my energy and therefore it affects, you know, how I'm communicating with him. If Hmm. I don't sleep well, you know, I start nagging on him or affecting him. And I just think... When we have that mindset of giving of ourselves to our spouse, it makes our spouse so much more supportive of that oneness because you're blessing the relationship. Hmm. It's not, this is me, this is you. It's, this is now us. And when I do take care of myself, when I do things that fill my cup, it's blessing our relationship. And Hmm. so I just think it's really important to have that mindset, I guess, Mm -hmm. not focusing on the individuality of it, but in focusing on taking care of yourself so you can bless your marriage. That's, well, I couldn't agree more. And I, again, you know, you talk about being the recipient in a positive way and I feel so similarly only, you know, I feel like I've been the recipient of you loving me through taking care of yourself, through through doing the disciplines on a daily basis 
that you know fill you up so that I can then be, I just feel like we're co-heirs in this journey towards mm-hmm. serving the Lord, raising children that know and love him. And, and I get to experience that in so many different ra- ways, very practically, whether it's when you're going grocery shopping. And I just know that we're on the same page with budget and with health and what we want in the long run. And even when I'm working, you know, part-time at the coffee shop, I don't view it as being my job. I view it as being our job, even though I'm the mm-hmm. one that's going and clocking in and putting the time in at the coffee shop, it's for us. It's for our unified vision. Um, and, and again, that's something that I think we've really been blessed in is having a unified vision. And I think that, that you can, you, people can find encouragement whether or not they have a unified vision with their spouse, because it's certainly something that can be attained. And I think about how over the last two and a half years, you and I have, we've really strived to have, had have a unified vision. And as mm-hmm. a result, I think our vision is becoming more and more and more unified. And so that kind of goes to show that even though, like I said, we are one when we get married there at the beginning, we don't always act like we are one, but that said is that you can learn to act like you're one and you can learn to have a unified vision. And I'm really grateful that you and I can sit down and just feel like we're on the same page. And if anything, it feels kind of funny to me when I'll bring up something that I'm interested in and I see you look at me like you're not connecting, you know, you, you're not <laughs> tracking with me on where I'm going and, and we usually have to talk through it and I'll explain why I'm excited about it. And, and sometimes it's not a good idea. Sometimes it's not good for our family's long-term vision. And so therefore it just kind of, it, you know, we don't, we don't pursue it, but I love that the majority of the time when I bring up something that I'm excited about, you can see right from the beginning how it's going to be us doing it or how it's going to benefit or possibly, you know, take away from what, what we are pursuing as a family. And so I really do like that we've grown in that area. And I really think that anybody can grow in the area of acting more like they are one. Yeah. And I think of it in areas of things that you're interested in that don't necessarily interest me, but we've come to see that they are a blessing to our family overall. And I think of like something that's really silly. We've mentioned this before, but like basketball, I don't get into sports as far as watching them goes at all. And I found that I can't really connect with you on that level of wanting to check scores or, you know, keep up to tabs um, on the latest players and whatever. But I do feel like you didn't come to me and we're like, Katie, this is a part of who I was before I got married. (laughs) This is me. I like basketball. You know, you found a way to incorporate it into your life in a way that you play basketball. You know, like right now you're playing in a basketball league weekly. And it's so fun for me to when I see you get excited and you have that joy and that fun of connecting with something that you enjoyed before we got married. It really does bless me. Hmm. And it blesses our marriage when you're able to participate in something that you've enjoyed before. And the kids and I are able to come and watch and cheer you on and be a part. I just think it's fun because this is something that you enjoyed before. And this is how we're acting it out in marriage. Yes, that is cool. And I'm really grateful for just your support because it is actually a big deal every Sunday afternoon when it's time to go to my game, you get the kids loaded up. First, you get them dressed, and you get them loaded up. And then you have to sit there with them on the bleachers. 
um, and watch me play basketball. And Leon's getting to the age where he's really engaged, I feel like, in the game. He loves it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care who makes the hoop, but when he calls it a hoop. But when someone gets it in the hoop, he just goes, hoop! And yeah. it just cracks me up. Yeah. And we honestly love it so much. Right. The kids and I love going. Yeah. But I think the way you approached it with me was not this defensive, I'm going to retain this part of my singlehood. Yeah. Or, you know, this yeah. part of me like you approached it in a way of this would be fun can it benefit our family can it be a blessing to our family and it has been yes and I think a lot of things we don't have to leave in our past we just have to be a little more creative in how we bring them forward and work with our spouses a little bit on that yeah yeah be a little bit more open-minded and I think Mm -hmm. you know even when I do play basketball throughout the week I always do it early in the morning before you and the kids are awake. Yes. And so it doesn't interrupt the flow of the family life. And that's opposed to when I was single, I would always play basketball on the weekday evenings from like 4.30 to 7.30, which is like prime family time. And so that would not work for us right now. Just in thought of learning to be one, I remember, this just makes me remember when we went up to your family's house for the first time, no, no. right after being married. And this was like a sticky... Uh, conversation for us I guess just sports because they just didn't get it at all or playing sports or staying up late because I was early to better and we go up there and he came to me at like 10 30 at night and we're like hey Katie we're going out to play basketball and I was like you're what? Yes. <laughs> not the best reaction yeah, I you guys remember that clearly not the reaction you want to have and that same trip okay I just have to mention this while I'm on a roll they would watch, I guess, Elisha's family would sometimes watch the Seahawks football games. Yeah. And I remember I went over to your grandma's house where you and I were staying because yep. Elisha's grandma's house is right next door to his parents' house. And him and all his brothers were in there watching football. And it was, I don't know, I thought it was late. And I was ready to go to bed. And you were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Katie, like, we're almost in the third quarter or something. And I was just <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, I just blew up like no concept of the fact that all his brothers were there <laughs> and just let him have it. And I think none of his brothers wanted to get married ever. <laughs> the next morning, they could barely look at me. They were so terrified. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I did such a poor job of prioritizing you when we went to my my family's house early on in our marriage. And I think I've grown in that area. I think a lot of people oh, can actually yes. re- relate to that because uh, when I, I think it's probably human nature, that especially when you're a newlywed, you kind of resort back to who you were as a single person with mm-hmm. your family. And I know I certainly did that on those early trips back to my family's house. And, and I think it was easy for me to try to justify because my family's awesome. Like they're awesome people that I love yes. and that you love too. Um, and so I was thinking to myself, well, these are good things. Like we're all, everybody's on the same page here. What's your, what's your issue? And the issue was is that I was not prioritizing Katie <laughs> over my family which I've learned to do since then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I gave you such a bad reaction. Yeah, and I had to grow in my reactions. But I think that like Elisha and I were just talking about, when you're one, everything you do or everything you're a part of affects your spouse. Hmm. There's no part of my life that is just me Hmm. anymore. And I think that's just something that's good to realize. If it is video games, if it is a TV show, If it is, you know, whatever that hobby is, 
it affects your spouse now. And so it's worth thinking about their opinion. It's worth talking to them, not saying this is me, this is my individuality, you know, I'm going to protect this. It's how is this affecting our marriage now? Wow. Yes. And I think if you approach it from that aspect of, okay, there is a blessing in this because God doesn't ordain things or he doesn't put things into place without there being a blessing in it yes. for his children. And I think that I've been guilty of even looking at God's scripture and getting on the defensive side of it and looking at it only through the lens of, oh, I'm going to lose something here. But we know the irony in how it, it's, it's counterintuitive. We know that Jesus said that if we lose our life, which if you just stop there, you're like, dang, that's not, this is not going to be a good deal. <laughs> it's a if it's, bad plan. Yeah. If it starts with me losing my life, there's no way that I can come out on top on this one. But we know that's not how God works. And you actually do come out on top when you lose your life for the sake of Christ and following Christ, you actually gain your life and you gain the abundant life in Christ. And I think that there are very small examples of that throughout our entire life. And marriage is one of those things where you might, from the surface, if you just you know read the book by its cover, if you just look at it from the surface, you say, what a ripoff. I have to lose all of who I am. But if you go deeper and you actually see God's intent and God's purpose in it, you come out the big winner in such an abundant way. And and I want to be able to do that with various things. You know, you brought up video games or TV shows or sports, sports media, or different friends that you might have than your spouse. Uh, I, I don't want to have this closed fist mindset of I'm not losing this. This is my thing. Because whether you want to believe it or not, it is affecting your marriage either for the better or for the worse. And so it needs to be a conversation, mm -hmm. I think, between the two of you. And then even more than affecting your spouse, it is affecting your entire family. And I think that I've heard lots of peers um, that are men say things along the lines of, well, like I can, you know, I can watch that TV show or that movie because that stuff doesn't bug me, but you really need to stop thinking about just your own mind or your own eyes or your own heart, because you are the gatekeeper, not only for yourself, but for your wife and for your children. And so that's just been so convicting to me when it comes to the media that we allow into our, our into our home or the, or the friends that I put myself around or the different environments that I put myself around. It's not just me or my faith that's being tested. It's the entire faith of our home and, and, and really the, the mental and spiritual well-being of our home. Elisha, yes, you have been so gracious in that. And I've such a blessed wife as a result. But you think of it, like you mentioned, like the Bible says, there is a blessing in when you are, this isn't just a giving up stuff. This isn't just a sacrifice. Ultimately, you're having a spouse that backs you and that supports you oh, and wants you yes. to. Elisha wants me to go spend time by myself. He makes time to watch the kids so that I can go get rest and reprieve. Well, and the reason I do that is because I'm the winner in it. Like that's the punchline in all of this is that like from an outside perspective, it might look like, oh, Elisha's being selfless for a few hours to give his wife this time. But I know that in the end, I win. Like, it's, it's funny because it's a selfish decision for me a lot of times where I'm like, no, like, I score way more when, and I mean that just like in a totally fun and like all around area, when Katie gets filled up, you know, spiritually. Yeah, don't and, be too specific over yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, when Katie gets filled up in all these ways. And I feel like you, you, you notice the same thing. I feel the same thing. I think early on, I really tried to cling to Elisha a lot more. I didn't want him to go spend time with friends one-on-one -on -one without me. But now, 
honestly, you were able to go visit with a friend today. Yeah. And it blessed me so much because you came back with just renewed vision and excitement and purpose. And I see now that really blesses Elisha hmm. when he does that. Hmm. And it makes me so much happier as well hmm. in our marriage. And it makes our times together so much more exciting. So sometimes choosing to let go of some of those little things, ultimately there is a blessing because not only are you more unified, but I don't know, your life's just richer. It is. It's just, you know, I've talked about how you can hire a personal assistant or you can find a business partner to start a business with. And a lot of times I think uh, spouses view the other person as one of those two things, like a business partner, like they have a 50-50 partnership, or maybe it's a personal assistant that runs all your errands for you. And both of those are selling marriage so short because it's not a 50-50 partnership. It's mm -hmm. oneness. It's a unified vision where it's 100% and 100%. And you cannot buy that anywhere. You cannot invest into that anywhere. Mm -hmm. It only comes through this thing called marriage, which God ordained. And so to try to compare it to a business partnership or to any type of partnership that's not marriage is really not doing it justice because this is when I say, you know, I say this in jest that, that when a team of, when I, what I say, I ask the question, when is a team of one better than a team of two? And, and the answer is when it's marriage, because you become <laughs> one and you are so much stronger than when it's a 50, 50 thing, because a hundred percent and a hundred percent adds up to more than 50% and 50% do the math, check the math right now. <laughs> I promise you. Just do it. Do it. It adds up to be more. <laughs> <laughs> and likewise, I think it's good to keep in mind that because everything we do affects our spouses, when we are hurting ourselves through something like negative self-talk or mm -hmm. when we aren't taking care of ourselves and we're letting ourselves be drained, that also really hurts our spouse. And so we don't need to fight for self-care or fight for things that fill us. We need to go to our spouse and explain that we need these things in order to be able to love and serve them and love and serve our kids. Hmm. And I think of the church body, right? There's the hand, there's the foot, there's the eye. I think marriage is like that. We're different. We're unique parts. But if you take a hammer and you smash your toe with it, That's right. your entire body is going to feel it. Yes. And so I think of accepting and loving myself, you know, makes me able to love and accept Elisha and let Elisha love and accept me. Yes. So I think there was a time, well, right after... I got pregnant with Leon. I started getting stretch marks and I would just spend a lot of nights crying in bed. <laughs> and I wasn't able to be, even though I was communicating this with Elisha and it was hard because I couldn't love and accept myself during those seasons, I couldn't let Elisha love and accept me. I was hurting myself with these negative thoughts and these negative patterns. Hmm. And when it came to physical intimacy or even certain emotional intimacy or receiving compliments from him, I wasn't able to do that. And hmm. I wasn't able to love him in that open way because of an issue in my own heart. So I think it's just so important to keep in mind that this isn't just scrounge, fight for what you can. This is be really open and communicative with your spouse and learn what are those things that fill me? What are the things that, where, what are those areas that I need to take care of healing so that I am able to experience that oneness? Wow. Yes. That's so good. Yeah. And I mean, I think that really fundamentally, like what Katie and I already stated, I think that if there's one thing that we want to continue to do and probably encourage anybody to do is that's 
you know, ask the question, where is the blessing in this? Mm -hmm. When there is a passage of scripture or when there's a principle, you know, around marriage or around being a Christian that seems counterintuitive or or countercultural, you know, start with the question, question, where is the blessing in this that God intended Mm -hmm. for me to receive? And that's, I mean, from personal experience, I think that's so much more of a fun way to live life rather than starting by saying, okay, what do I have to, what am I losing with this? What am I missing out on? And, uh, and I know that Katie and I are really striving to live our entire life with, with that mindset. Yes, absolutely. And I just think, like you mentioned, how we lo- lose our lives and we find it. You know, when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, we aren't losing the excitement of sin or being able to do what we wanted. Or, you know, like <laughs> you see how cheap that is yes. compared to the freedom, the peace, the joy, yes. the fulfillment yes. that's in Christ. Yes. And I think it's the same thing in marriage when we accept that oneness and we live into it, then we see how cheap that subtle fighting nitpicky individuality individual marriage is and just embracing that i am one with my spouse and it's just so much richer and freer and more open and supportive and it's just a beautiful thing yes it is wow that makes me excited katie i'm so glad i'm married to you I'm so glad I'm married to you. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think we're going to wrap up this episode, you guys. Hey, thank you for listening. Katie, I loved what you had to share. Oh, thanks. I I love what you had to share, too. It's seriously so fun to dig into these concepts even more and talk to them talk about them with yes, you guys yes yes i learned so much hearing hearing your thoughts because you know katie and i don't really share our notes with each other before we start recording these these episodes and so no. it's really <laughs> fun to hear what the lord's placed on your heart or what what you've written down and uh, yeah i'm really encouraged likewise all right you guys well th- like i said thank you for listening please i think i probably asked you in our last episode but i'm gonna ask you again if you can uh, leave a review on this podcast. Some of you already have, which we're so grateful for already. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. You blessed us so much and just gave us so much more excitement and mm-hmm. confidence yes. to continue sharing what's on our hearts with you guys. Yes. Yes. It's really encouraging. So thanks for listening. Please leave a review here on iTunes if you, if you're able to. And, uh, and if you guys want to follow along in any other platforms, we're on YouTube and now that we're a family, that's our YouTube channel. Um, Katie's on Instagram. Instagram at now that I'm a mother. I'm on Instagram at now that I'm a father. And then you can go to our website, which is now that we're a family.com. All right. Well, with that said, we'll say good night and hope you guys have a good night. Katie. Bye. Bye. <laughs>